Dock Radio Program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Dock, is on his way. Oh, he's in the studio. Just arrived. Nanook of the North. Good to have him here. And he will be ready in just a minute or two to answer any questions you might have about medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. While Dr. Holmes gets his coat off and gets his act together, I thought I would introduce our guest today. We're so pleased to welcome Dr. Michael Homo, an orthopedic surgeon who is new in Brookings, but certainly not new to South Dakota, and he is with the Brookings Health System. Welcome, Dr. Homo. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We're just really pleased to have you here. Uh, Dr. Holm, you're up. Hi. I'm, I'm really pleased to, to meet you, Mike, and I, had, I hadn't uh, yet, and so yes. our names are close. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Are your ancestors from Norway? Uh, my ancestors are, uh, I am 69% Scandinavian. There you go. Whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's, uh, so I figure there's some Norwegian, there's some Swede, there's Danes. I mean, they're, they're so close that the, the, uh, the, um, the ancestor.com hadn't defined it one way or the other. So right. Are you the Scandinavian? Scandinavian, person? yep. So. And also, you are a South Dakotan. Why don't you tell us your background? I am. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in Flandreau. Uh, grew up there. I was a Flander Flyer. I graduated from Flander Public, and then I went to South Dakota State. Following that, I went to the University of Alabama, Birmingham uh, for some additional training, and then I went to Des Moines University in Des Moines, Iowa. While I was there, I did two years of my uh, didactic work uh, and then elected to do my clinicals in Detroit. So I was actually downtown Detroit at Sinai Grace Hospital. I learned quite a bit there. Following that, I did an internship in Midwestern University in Chicago and matched into their orthopedic program. Uh, following that, I did some sports medicine training in Florida and then came back to Chicago where I did some research. And now I have managed to make the circle complete by coming back home. So I, I had a couple questions I have, of course. Uh, did you play football at SDSU? I did not. I, I wanted to. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> being a sports medicine doctor, one of the reasons, everybody has a reason. I injured my knee when I was very young, when I was in fifth grade, and I had my knee uh, arthroscopically repaired. Uh, and then following that, I injured my throwing shoulder. I was a quarterback here, uh, and I, I had my rotator cuff repaired. So. One of the big reasons I went into kind of specializing in sports medicine and orthopedics is because I got amazing care uh, from the people in Flandreau, and you know I really wanted to pay that back. So coming back and giving back to my community is one of the main reasons I'm here. And you you did research. What was your research? In? I did. We did a little bit of research in everything. Um, kinesiology was one of the things, but we also did some research in uh, body fat percentage versus body weight uh, and BMI, and kind of predicting outcomes. Um, and adverse effects from surgery uh, based on your body fat. And what's your conclusion? Uh, well, it's equivocal, but if you actually look at the patient as a whole and you look at the body fat percentage at the incision site, you can kind of predict the outcome based on that. Uh, and, and my take home is the, the predictability is the person that's in condition, that's Correct. shaped, that's in shape, that has more muscle mass, uh, is going to be one who does better. Yes, your preoperative, how you go into the surgery, uh, does have a correlation with your outcome. So, I mean, uh, if let's say you have an injury, it keeps you from being able to function. 
And so you don't function, you don't exercise, your muscles get weaker, they get thinner and waste away to some degree because you're not using them because there's an injury. Correct. You're setting yourself up for failure. That's right. Uh, and so you either should do it sooner than later or do everything you can to keep those muscles in good shape. That is correct. You're preaching to the choir here, right? He's <laughs> agreeing with correct. everything. I, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. you definitely want to use what you have to stay in the best shape possible, and that will you know, give you a fulfilling life. If I, you're in sports medicine, then, and you, you'll deal with someone who's had a sports injury, do you try getting them right into physical therapy, or what is your uh, It kind of depends on what the injury is, but if you do have like an ACL, you can put them into physical therapy pre-op. Tell, um, tell them what an ACL is. Uh, anterior cruciate ligament uh, tear of the knee. So it's a it's, it's very common injury in sports and athletes uh, across the board. Um, but if you do tear your ACL, you wait for the swelling to go down. It does not mean that you have to have surgery right away. You can push it off for a short amount of time. Um, if you are in the bracket for the patients that do elect to have it repaired, um, if you do do that, you can go into physical therapy and increase your strength and range of motion before you actually have surgery. And that correlates with a better outcome. <clears throat> now, the ACL, the classic ACL injury occurs when somebody hits you from behind. Explain that. Then, uh, yeah, they s hit you from the side. It's more of a non-contact injury. Um, you can get it in basketball, volleyball, uh, and football. Um, but it is a twisting mechanism, kind of a hit from the side or uh, from behind where the knee does turn. But the classic injury is a, a non-contact injury where the pa patient comes down, falls on it, twists it, feels a pop. Uh, immediate swelling and pretty much unable to ambulate following that time. For for many years, they didn't they didn't do uh, repair of the, that ligament. They just increase the musculature around it and give the stability from the muscles. But it is never quite enough if you want to be the best athlete in the world, right? And that is correct. Yeah, you do hear these athletes, Adrian, Adrian Peterson, uh, and such, where they do have it repaired. Um, they go through intense physical training and therapy to get back to the point where they were. Right. Now, it used to be <clears throat> that they were tried to replace that ligament with, uh, uh, with graphite uh, cords. And you, this was before you were born, I'm thinking. I mean, I'm talking 19, mid-80s. They had artificial uh, anterior cruciate ligament uh, devices that put in and never and but they couldn't get it to attach or the, the problems would not last and so now they're back to using the patient's own material explain that correct so you can there's multiple sites where you can uh, take an ACL graft from whether it's the patella tendon the quad tendon you can take it from the hamstrings um, and based upon the patient you can either take it from the same leg or the opposite leg or you can get a cadaver graft the most important, one of the most important things is, is the position that the ACL is put in. Uh, they have found out over time that you, if you do put the graft in vertically, um, there is a higher chance of failure. So we are at using, currently I'll be using bone patellar tendon bone from the knee on the inferior aspect of the patella, the kneecap, uh, to make repairs um, unless the patient does elect to have a uh, cadaver graft replaced. Okay. And the cadaver graft is really a decent alternative. Yes, it is, yeah. So, and that's just basically from the knee of somebody who's passed away. Yes. Doesn't mean, does it have to be a young person? Can it be an old 
uh, uh, ligament? The ligaments are, they try to match the patient's age, gender. Um, oh, really? The, yes. They, and the side. And the side. Well, I don't know necessarily the side, but you do get the demographics of the donor when you, when you do know that. Hmm. Very good. Very interesting what's happened with medicine and with orthopedic medicine over the years. We're due to take our first break, but if you uh, joined us a little bit late, I thought I'd let you know that our guest today is Dr. Michael Homo, who is an orthopedic surgeon, has just returned to South Dakota, and he's living here in Brookings and working with the Brookings Medical Group. We'll be back right after these words. back to Prairie Doc Radio. I feel like I'm watching Ancestry.com Well, we right were talking they're about... They're talking about their Norwegian the, background. The, the, you know, they still use... Uh, you know, and my great-great-grandfather was Gustafson because his dad's name was Gustav, and he was the son, son of, Gustav, of Gustav. Gustafson. And uh, when he deserted the Swedish army to come to the United States, <laughs> he changed his name to home so they couldn't follow him. Yeah. And it's a Danish name more often than it is a Swedish name. That was part of the etymology that I understand. Um, in Iceland, they still use uh, uh, son of Thor, you know, Thorson and, uh, and daughter, the Thor's daughter and all that still, still is the, the case. Well, you still use the son of in Brookings, South Dakota. My mother couldn't believe it when she first visited us. She said, okay, is everybody somebody's son? You know, the Josh Johnsons, the Larsons, the Nelsons, everybody's Olsons. somebody's son. So you still use the sons right That's here right. In, this, yeah. in this state. It's not just Iceland. Well, we carry it through the family now. We don't, yes. we don't change it each time. No, that's true. Keep, keep the same name for the family. Hey, we're back to medicine. And as I mentioned at the break, we have an orthopedic surgeon with us today. And we had a question that doesn't quite tie into orthopedic surgery, but oh. it is. it has okay. to do with bones. We had a mother call in, and she's very upset because her son cracks his knuckles. He's about nine years old. He just started doing this. She really hopes you can tell him, tell her that this is really <laughs> unhealthy, and she can get him to stop this because it's driving her crazy, and she does not want it to become a habit. What can you do with a nine-year-old? You know, when they discover something new, they just go nuts, yeah. don't they? Yeah. He's cracking his it's, knuckles. It's can already we stop a it? habit. That's one. No, thing. no, no. We want it to stop. Yeah, it probably is a habit. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Well, I, you know, I mean, it probably sounds like more of just a habit or a tick that he's taken up. I would try to persuade him to pursue something else to take away from that habit. You know, and I, I've, there was a study, and I, uh, maybe 15 years ago, maybe longer, you know, I read it in a journal somewhere, you know, how where they really did a study to look to see if people who are cracking their knuckles are bringing on or... Uh, causing uh, arthritis prematurely in the people who do that as a habit for a long period of time. And I regret to, in, to say that the study didn't show any major harm. I mean, but, but it is, it's probably not, an, uh, and they went on to say, well, and there could be things and dislocations and ligamentous or cartilaginous injury, and so be careful, and, you know, one shouldn't be doing it. I mean, you know, but we don't have a lot of proof that says it. It's sort of that same thing about going swimming after an hour after lunch. Right. Know? That was just to allow mom to take a nap after lunch. 
Well, I think the more that it irritates her, the more he will do it. Oh, yeah. That's a nine-year-old. Well, thank you. We hope we gave some help or solace. We didn't really give her much solace, but we gave her hope that maybe he'll find a new habit. That'd be good. Uh, we just had another caller who would like to know what is the current treatment plan for kneecap that dislocates, a dislocated kneecap. Great, great question. That is a great question. Uh, dislocated kneecap, it, well, it depends if it's the first time or if it's multiple times. If it's the first time, you can kind of do the same thing that you do with ACL. You strengthen the muscles around that kneecap. You want it to sit within the groove of the trochlea of the femur, which is just the little divot where the kneecap slides uh, on, on your knee. So if it, if it is just that one time, you get them into physical therapy and really try to try to strengthen those muscles. If it is recurrent, there are surgeries that you can uh, repair the ligaments around the kneecap. Uh, that is kind of one of the last options. And then you do, once that is stabilized and it is riding smoothly within that groove, uh, you get them into physical therapy as well and kind of strengthen them there. Right. Now, uh, women seem to have a bigger problem with kneecaps. Uh, flipping off the groove uh, and sometimes that's with young women who have uh, who are doing running kind of uh, things you know the soccer uh, uh, young woman soccer uh, person am, am I right on that that is correct yeah they do suffer from patellofemoral uh, disorders they have a weak vastus medialis and that's the muscle right on the inside of the leg of the femur so they put them in physical therapy they strengthen them uh, and they try to strengthen the core and it does seem to show a very good improvement in the in the kneecap so the vastus lateralis which is on the outside and the vastus medialis the which VMO, is on the inside yeah. Um, uh, the, the weakness of the VMO. Now, what is the exercise that strengthens that? Uh, they, they do extensions, and then they work on core strength overall so that they strengthen uh, the body center and also the, that extension mechanism of the knee. Oh, the body center. You mean That's the right. back and the belly? The, the chi, yeah, the, the, the body chi. center. Oh, yes. That. <laughs> That's a good comment. And there you go. So where did you learn the word chi? Oh, I think I picked that up from some movie somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think that there is a lot about the core that is very important. And I think the weakest, I mean, I think the people who have back trouble are the ones whose core are weak and uh, who, who don't have the belly muscles, right. uh, the strength of the abdom, abdomen. Uh, and and therefore the back is asked to do more than it should, and the resulting uh, back trouble uh, occurs. Is it? Are you in agreement with that? Yeah, I'm I, talking I, to I, an orthopedist. I, I, I would absolutely I, agree. I, with I hate that. to be. You two are in total agreement. Over <laughs> almost. We haven't missed had. on anything. No, quite you yet, really have haven't. I'm impressed. No, I don't think so. Right. That that he, he, you know maybe that's because I've had to do this for such a long time <laughs> just a few years at it well i haven't had to do it but i have been very interested in what's happening in orthopedic medicine over just my lifetime i can't believe the differences the surgeries that are done now i can remember maybe 20 years ago a surgeon said oh i wouldn't replace the knee on my dog let alone someone i really cared about now knee replacement is really common so the the advances are amazing aren't they well, I mean, the results are so much better now. That's it. You know, uh, 20 years ago, they really didn't know as much as well, they do now. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Okay. It was Move starting it to become pretty popular 20 Well, the years. hips is, were yeah. really popular before the knee. Was that true or not? Um, Maybe I think not. That's, it, yeah. It, 
it's kind of equivocal. Um, it kind of depends on where you go and who you ask. One of the bigger things that we have here in Avera and Brookings Health System now is uh, the uh, Striker Maker Mako robot that actually does assist in the surgery. And if you have had a chance to see it or if you haven't looked it up yet, um, it is a machine that is cutting edge. Uh, it does uh, the cuts within one degree, um, almost absolute perfection, and it assists the surgeon in, in putting in your implants. Uh, absolutely precise. It's amazing. Now, were you, when you were doing your training, did you have a robot? I did not. We all we learned to cut uh, the cuts for the bones freehand um, with a saw, but now with this robot, it is absolutely precise in, in the cuts that you have, uh, decreasing any chances uh, for a mistake. Right. The, did they use a laser um, saw or how do they no it, it's still the same saw but the the machine is weighted and it has an arm on it that will actually reach out and put the the saw in the proper plane for you to cut mm -hmm. yeah that, I, I think that's uh, where computers have helped medicine absolutely uh, in that you you have the assistance of the computer to divine uh, exactly where things need to go it's amazing, isn't it? Well, we're due to take another break. If you have any questions of Dr. Holm or Dr. Homo, please give us a call at 692-1430. And also, if you're listening and streaming or out of town listening to this program, be sure to dial 605 before you dial 692-1430. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Neil Joan Hogan here, and in the studio with me are both Dr. Home and Dr. Homo. Dr. Homo is the newest orthopedic surgeon in Brookings. Glad to have you with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's and you join us another uh, orthopedic surgeon, so we have two, which is a, a joyful thing. And he's quite a guy. I, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know him. Yes, Dr. Mayer is is a very great guy, uh, great partner. Uh, looking forward to working with working with him very very much. Uh, so my question um, has to do with uh, one of those old uh, uh, things that we uh, learned about maybe 20, 30 years. 30 years ago, I was sending people to the orthopedist for arthroscopies uh, of the knee because people had a lot of arthritis of the knee, uh, particularly, and this is in the elderly population. People have uh, terrible uh, you know, knee trouble and of course uh, at the time they, we didn't have good uh, knee replacement surgery uh, quite as well as we do now that's for sure and uh, and they would go through quick arthroscopies and uh, I remember uh, this is not this uh, this was arthroscopy for knee in general for osteoarthritis clean up the osteoarthritis wipe out all of the the dirty crap in there and so on and so forth and um, uh, then out comes an article that said they did sham arthroscopy versus real arthroscopy, and they found no difference in group, in in groups. In other words, uh, this is old sir. This is old research that when people were sent to surgery, they would cut in and make the put the scopes in, but then not do anything, and that there were, that was no worse than doing the official surgery. So it, it kind of put a blight on the idea in my mind. So tell me what's different. So what's different now is they're actually taking pictures when they go in. Uh, they're showing exactly what they do. Um, we're documenting everything. We were showing not only your physical examination and your 
MRI reports where they correlate to show that, hey, you do need this surgery. And if you elect to have it, we will document exactly what is going on within your knee by showing you the pictures pre uh, intraoperatively of what we have done before and after. And based on your symptoms afterwards, we hope that, you know, we have gotten you back to the spot where you wish to be preoperatively. Well, what, so some, play, some people uh, will be playing a volleyball game. I'm thinking about my uh, good friend, Lee Crotteville, playing a volleyball game and boom, I'm in trouble. Gosh, my knee is suddenly, there's something really bad, ends up with arthroscopy, solves the problem completely. Explain what happened. Well, most likely if he, if he did have, you know, some tear of either his meniscus um, and that was documented and his physical exam correlated with that, he'd had an MRI that did show that he had a, a tear of his meniscus yeah. uh, and whether that had either flipped into, you know, the notch, um, depending on how big it was, uh, you can either go in and clean up that meniscus by cutting it out and taking the rim of the meniscus and making a smooth and stable rim, or you can try to repair it. Usually in the younger patients, we do tr try to repair it depending on where that tear is uh, within the zones of the meniscus. Um, but oh, what is the meniscus? The meniscus is a cartilaginous ring uh, within the knee that acts as a shock absorber. So um, you have one on the inside and the outside. They look like a, a C. Um, Almost an inner tube that the, the hard ball of the knee joint, you know, there's two balls Correct. on the knee, rest on those two little inner tubes. Yeah, the two little knuckles kind of sit on those little inner tubes. Um, and if you do have a small tear, it is very easy. I've heard, heard people compare it, you know, if you get a hangnail or something like that, and it keeps rubbing and keeps bothering you, the easiest way to clean that up is get rid of it. Yeah. So you take that, you repair it or get rid of it and patients do great because if you have popping, clicking, locking, and swelling every day, it's going to bug you to the point where you, you don't exercise, your muscles get weaker, atrophy, thin. Downhill real There quickly. it is. Right. <laughs> well, we hope that that helped whoever wanted to know about that. We have another question that just came in, and it has to do with heel surgery. A person called in, and I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but broke his or her heel 10 years ago, never put back together correctly. Any advancements in heel surgery and replacements that have occurred now? This was 10 years ago. I've never heard of heel replacement, to tell you the well, truth. Well, there's a lot of orthopedic uh, and podiatric uh, foot surgery that's going on now that wasn't going on before. Okay. But I can't say more than that, Mike. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would refer them to my other partner, Dr. Harrell, uh, who is here in Brookings with us recently joined. He's another graduate from Des Moines University. Um, as far as advancements in heel surgery, I really couldn't speak about them. Um, but I there probably have been changes oh, in 10 absolutely. years. You could at least <laughs> admit to that, I'll bet. You know, it used to be that the podiatrist was not a very well-trained uh, guy and I was reluctant. I mean, we didn't really want to call him a doctor and the whole nine yards now. They're very well trained. They've gotten through the same amount, almost the same amount of, of uh, work that we went through with med school, and they're doing surgery, and the results are very, are very, uh, you know, are good. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that when I went to Des Moines University, I took many, many of our classes with the podiatrist and the physical therapist. They take many of the same training classes that we do, and then they just branch off into their own little aspect of medicine. Yeah. So they're well-trained. So the answer to this caller is please make an appointment with a podiatrist in Brookings. See Dr. Harrell. And his name is Dr. Harold? Yeah, Harold. H-A-R-R-E-L-L. Dr. Harrell is your man. We're going to take our final break. Thank you for listening. We will be back right after these words.
Tomorrow night, Dr. Holm will do a live program, and the discussion will be violence and abuse. Not two happy topics, but no. they do exist. Your guest in the program, I think I'm correct, is uh, Dr. Two guests, Dr. Matthew Stanley, who's with the uh, Avera Medical Group Psychiatric Association, and Dr. Katie DeJong, who is with the uh, Emergency but, uh, Medicine. Emergency but, Medicine. But Katie can't, has oh. had a problem, and we won't have Katie. All right. Well, you have one. Well, That's good. So we have one. It, uh, we might have Wallace. Um, what's Wallace, uh, Wallace's last name? But anyway, he's been on a guest before. Uh, well, you're going to talk about violence and abuse. And knowing this, I went back to my favorite oh. little book, Life's Final Season, yes. written by Dr. <laughs> Richard P. Holm. And for those of you who own this book, go to Chapter 9 before you see the show tomorrow night. Chapter 9 is your chapter where you discuss elderly abuse. Yes. And that might be a topic you might we cover might more. <laughs> yes, tomorrow might just night. might a little bit more but about that. It is really uh, very informative what Thank you, you. you're feeling on that. And what I found in reading that chapter is your concern for the abuser as much as the abused. And sometimes people do not have too much concern for the abuser. No, I, you, you have to, I mean, child of God, child of God. Let's face it, there is a reason why this person is there. I was just reading uh, one of the things about uh, physical violence seems to be um, an anger, anger, uh, is a reflection most of the time in my mind. And, and they're saying, oh, yeah, well, this is a new finding. It's not a new finding in my mind. This is a real deal, particularly in men. Anger manifests from depression. When, you, when a person is down and out, uh, down about themselves, uh, they reflect it. Uh, uh, at fi if you, and, and if you're a man, uh, particularly, uh, you don't want to admit to depression, and you certainly don't. Uh, you deny a lot of that stuff, and uh, your frustration comes out in physical uh, abuse. I I often um, uh, think, however, that if you look at abuse uh, and say, is it physical abuse or is there emotional abuse? Uh, do uh, women abuse men? Uh, and I, they don't physically abuse men nearly as much. They can't but they emotionally abuse men equally to the amount of abuse that men uh, stack on women. And uh, so there's a lot of abused people out there, men and women. Uh, and what is more uh, harmful and long-lasting, an emotional injury or a physical injury? Well, I would say definitely an emotional injury. I asked my youngest son, <laughs> Preston, I said, what do you think is more harmful, emotional or physical? And he goes, they go together, Dad. When you got physical abuse, you definitely have emotional abuse. That's a good point. They do go together. Bingo. You yeah. can't separate them. No yeah. question. So you'll be More discussing of that on this tomorrow topic night. tomorrow night. Okay. Well, today has been <laughs> very interesting. We've learned a lot about orthopedic surgery, and we're just so happy to welcome another surgeon to Brookings. Well, welcome. That Thank is you. exactly it, Michael. Good to have you Thank here. Thank you so much. I am I'm so excited to be back in my home state and, you know, back in the area. Not far out. from Flandreau. Absolutely not. This is one of the great towns in the state, you know. This is such, I mean, you know, the people from Vaughan uh, and uh, Arlington and nearby communities, this is, this is part of your community too. And there's so much going on in this town with the basketball and the football and the sports and the theater and the music and the cross-country skiing and the things that you can do in this 
region are just wonderful. And you know, Michael is a jackrabbit, as well as most of his family. So that's <laughs> that important, too. Fun to enjoy. Have you gotten to any of the games yet? Or you I, just got back to town. I, I just right. got back, but yeah. I, I do plan to be at quite a few of the, of the games. Okay. They have cheering, been cheering on the jackrabbits. There you go. That's the way to go. Well, we do appreciate all of you listening today, and we hope you've enjoyed this program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thank you, Dr. Homo, for being with us today. Thank you as well. I do appreciate it. Really and appreciate it. Thank Rick, you, that's all for this week. Well, thank you, Joan, and, and thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.